Good morning, and welcome to Crime Talk BK. We're your hosts, Joanna Perfitch and Megan Duffy. Good morning, people. Megan, how are you? I hear that New York is really going to the dogs these days. I you got I gotta tell you, like summertime makes the heat makes people crazy. Today was a gorgeous day, by the way. I had my windows open and everything. We had crazy shootings all weekend. I had crazy fireworks out here. Um, we had a slight uptick in numbers of new cases uh, while our hospitalizations are down. So I'm a little bit nervous because we had like it was hovering a, you know a little higher over one percent than I like. But here we are. I think people are COVID COVID tired. I think they're summer crazy. I think we are in a place in New York where people have just lost their damn minds. That's that's what I think. It's just too much. Also, the NYPD union came out and supported Donald Trump for president the other day. So that's oh, fun. Yeah, I saw that. That's like, not helpful. That's not helpful, Fat Kelly. Not helpful. I mean, I guess they... I don't know. I wouldn't expect otherwise, to be honest. I mean, I don't... Remember, I should do my research on this, and I'm talking out of my ass, but I don't actually remember the union coming out and supporting a presidential candidate in my 20 years Mm -hmm. in New York. Mayors, yes, obviously. Um, No, apparently this was unprecedented. They don't normally do that. They don't normally do that. And they were invited to his fucking golf course in New Jersey on Friday and oh gave him God. some weird faux bronze statue, of course. Like, ugh, God. So everybody in this place has lost their damn minds, including myself. I have lost my damn mind. All I do now is I work, and then I turn off the computer, I drink wine, and I read books. I'm currently immersed in a Victorian crime novel based on Jack the Ripper. Oh, that's pretty good. It's really good. Really well written, but a fast read. So I've read four in the series in like a week. Mm-hmm. That's what oh, I'm doing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Well, that sounds fun. I um, have finished reading Ursula Le Guin's Earthsea series. <laughs> She's such a gorgeous writer. She's like, I want her to be my grandma and tell me bedtime stories. Ooh, so oh, I like those. I'll have to look that up. to figure out how to resurrect her from the dead. So zombie Le Guin can tuck me in. Nice. Well, if you can find the perfect uh, narrator... Because, you know, some people's voices aren't cut out for reading bedtime stories. Maybe you can uh, lobby them to do an Audible series or a podcast. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her books are kind of dark, but reading them feels very meditative while also entertaining. I don't know. I just feel like she has just such a beautiful outlook on human nature. And even when her stories are, like... Because some of them get really dark. 
but it's in a way that is very much about the human experience and it isn't darker than anything that we would face in our everyday lives or right. at least in our lives. Jack, there's nothing, you know, light uplifting about Jack the Ripper. So, no. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's how deep I had to go to be like, I need true crime. But I need something else. I need something else. Yeah. That's well, how that's far like back I had to go. Away from, you know, like Jack the Ripper at this point is basically a period piece. It is a period piece, but it's all, and it's also historical fiction. And it's actually based on the Metropolitan Police Force. The series is called the, you know, starts with the book The Yard um, by Alex Grecian. It's a really good series. Except for this one, there was like this two cheesy pages. I was like, okay, that was unnecessary. Stop that. Oh, uh, was there any romance involved by any chance? No romance. No romance. But there was like this, oh, oh, minute between the partners. And I was like, okay, stop, stop. You're ruining oh. everything. Um, it's a really good book based on the the very beginning of Scotland Yard. And cool. right, after, right after Jack the Ripper. And apparently in this book that I'm currently reading, the third in the series fourth in the se- third in the series fourth in the series not sure uh he makes jack makes an unexpected reappearance he oh. never died he never went away yeah so there there's that and the doc the doctor is fantastic because he's the uh criminalist right he's the one that runs the medical examiner's lab and he's on the cutting edge of all new sciences like he has friends all over the world that send him letters like we've discovered this new fingerprinting powder and we've decided that you know maybe you should tape off crime scenes and things it's kind of delightful to read in that maybe don't walk through the blood puddle (laughs) that's what he said that's exactly what he said to the police department could you not please there's nothing left for me to look at by the time I get here because you've fucked everything up. It's delightful. You know, it's funny. Um, my family, in order to not kill each other on road trips, listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And so my dad just picks the, like, derpiest, baby boomer, conservative, rah-rah police type books. And so then I was like, guys, I have to pick the next one, you know. Yeah. And so we, um, it's called like the Darwin Papers or the Darwin Trial or something like that. Oh, the, the Scopes Monkey Trial? I don't know what it actually is, but it is about Charles Darwin and they just superimposed a murder on top of his research. And it's like historical oh. fiction. Okay. Well, the Scope Monkey Trial is somewhere in the Midwest way back in the day. Um, the Board of Education decided that teaching Darwinism was against morality. Oh, no, and this that, definitely takes place in England, and it's like the church wants him to die. Darwin himself. Ooh, that's yeah. fascinating. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't know I like if any that. of it's true, but it was entertaining. It was much better than this guy being like, it was a dark and dreary night. Oh, God. I stopped. Unless it's Edgar Edgar Allan Poe, you don't get to tell me it's a dark and dreary night. I'm sorry. In L.A. It was a (laughs) dark and dreary night. I don't even know. Dark and dry. 
yeah, there's no dark and dreary in LA. Like there isn't. It's, it might be foggy or maybe smoggy or like smoke filled from the fires in the hills, but it's not dreary. Yeah. But anyway, it was just. Well, I'm glad you made it through the road trips. <laughs> yes, it was mm-hmm. definitely something else. Um, Texas doesn't know how to social distance. We had to stay at a hotel, and I was, like, giving side-eye to everybody. You're good anyway. at that. Yeah. You I are good at side-eye. I great stink-eye. <laughs> yes, you do. feel morally <laughs> superior over. Yes, you do. I've seen it in action. <laughs> Anyway, um, so speaking of people I feel morally superior over, let's talk about QAnon. (laughs) Nice segue. Okay, so for those of you who don't know who QAnon is, it's this group of crazy conspiracy theories that started online by this guy named Q. And it's really, in my opinion, it's just like a cult, except it's all online. And he basically started this weird, super alt-right, you know, conspiracy theory website. Thank you, Internet. Oh, and he has a Twitter account that's very heavily followed by alt-right people. Yes. Yeah, you know, um, well, the latest is that the government is running child sex rings, but the... The most, more specifically, this is the conspiracy theory. The more the specific conspiracy theory they want to talk about today is there the conspiracy theory that pedophile rings have moved on to criminally meddling in your child custody case. Yeah, I haven't heard this one. You haven't heard this one? No. Okay. So this a couple. All right. So a couple things happened recently uh that led me down this road so um a couple weeks ago i saw this article about a woman in douglas county colorado who allegedly plotted a raid to kidnap her kid from foster care with the help of QAnon. um that case is currently heading to trial uh her name is cynthia absung a-b-c-u-g absug abcug her son was removed from by Child Protective Services last year because authorities suspected that she suffered from Munchausen's by proxy. All right. Okay. Um, which is, uh, for those of you, if you're listening to Crime Talk, you probably know what that means, but I will give you a brief synopsis. It is a mental health issue in which a parent or caregiver exaggerates or even makes up illnesses or injuries to someone in their care, specifically children, Um or elderly parents, um, and and then the, they're usually the ones creating the problem, right? Like yeah. they're injecting them with arsenic slowly, or they're, you know, what was that show? Um, Gypsy, uh, Gypsy Rose's Rose. mom had Munchausen's by proxy, and so yeah. she was giving Gypsy really serious medication, and then it was like conflicting with other stuff. You know, yeah. and so it made Gypsy look much, much sicker than she actually was. Right. Also shaving her head and her eyebrows and all kinds of things. Yeah. Or like, so, not like, um, I'm going to get out of the wheelchair, et cetera, you know. Right. All right. 
Sorry, I had to load my cigarette because that's where we're at these days. I'm no shame today. All right. So last September, her 15, uh, Cynthia Abcog's daughter told a caseworker that her mom had, quote, gotten into some conspiracy series about evil Satan worshipers and pedophiles. Oh, my. Yeah. Right. She also spoke of an alleged plot by her mother and other QAnon truthers to retrieve her brother, which she believed was going to take place the following month, according to the uh, Associated Press. Now, I got this mostly from the Daily Beast, so go and read it further and follow all the links because that's where it's at. Um, (laughs) So Cynthia buys a gun just in case anything happens. And started going to the shooting range to teach herself how to shoot. That's what her daughter says. Her daughter also says, uh, her, so her daughter was also taken into Child Protective Services. And Cynthia was arrested in December in Montana and charged with conspiracy to commit kidnapping, which is a, clearly a felony. And um, there's been some battle back and forth with her attorneys. So... Uh, the judge finally ruled that the evidence existed to proceed to trial in the case. Her lawyers claim that the daughter, whose testimony formed the backbone of the case, was prone to tune out her mother and thus couldn't provide exact details about the plot. Okay, so that's oh, where I started with this. Yeah, so that's where I started with this. And then um, the guy named Alpolis Sliman. A-L-P-A-L-U-S. Uh, a QAnon conspiracy theorist. He's convinced that the, gov- the government... Hi, doggy! Hi, doggy! That is our German shepherd... Well, my partner's parents, German shepherd, Dottie. Um, we're also... <laughs> she is so cute. We're also babysitting... My brother-in-law's dogs, so there are currently four dogs in the house that love to bark at everything. So that's, that's fine. She's that's just fine. a very special guest today. I'm on a I'm on a puppy hunt on my own. I'll tell you about it later if we have time. Um, I might get a dog. Uh, so okay, so Alpha Sliman, he believes as a QAnon theorist that the government is out to kidnap his children. This is. So, inspired by videos that he watched online, he warned his children during a 110-mile-an-hour car chase with two state police in his Honda Odyssey minivan with his five five children in the car while they're screaming at him in complete terror that the government is coming to abduct them or maybe just shoot them all in a staged killing. So he's telling them this and his five children are begging him to pull over. One of his daughters tried to even grab the wheel of the minivan and drive it off the road after he accused her and his own wife, ex-wife maybe, because we're talking about child custody case here. Um, She had dived out of the vehicle at the start of the chase of being agents of this nefarious cabal. Oh, my God. Yep. It's just, this is like cuckoo land. So desperate, 
Sliman's daughter told her father she is working for the cabal in a failed attempt to scare him into stopping the minivan. He then tells his children, who range from eight months to 13 years old. So he then tells his children, who range from eight months to 13 years old, eight months, about the belief that the video of Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin eating children's brains was discovered on Anthony Weiner's laptop. Oh, my God. This is why I brought it into Crime Talk BK. I was like, there is a New York connection. There it is. Okay, so days earlier, he watched a video pushing that same claim on YouTube, and that video uh, channel is operated by Timothy Charles Holmesmith. He's a QAnon promoter who claims to work for a secretive government agency called the Pentagon Pedophile Task Force. Now... For anybody who's listening, there is no such fucking thing as the Pentagon (laughs) Pedophile Task Force. No such thing. So to get him to stop, New Hampshire police, this is with New Hampshire and Connecticut police, state police, if I, Massachusetts and New Hampshire, if I didn't mention Mm -hmm. So, So New Hampshire police blow out his tires, but he keeps going in his fucking minivan. And the chase only ends when he crashed into a police cruiser and then drove his minivan into a tree. Five kids in the car. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Children unharmed. He's arrested. (laughs) Yeah. So... No longer are is QAnon just promulgating this sort of nut job bullshit about politicians and shit. He, they're now specifically saying kidnap your children. Yeah, that's terrifying. And it also but, enforces, it like it enforces what the parent is telling these kids that the government is going to separate them because right. then the parent goes batshit and. Put, t- put their children in danger, you know? Yeah. So um, police and court records have revealed a previously unreported network comprising QAnon conspiracy theorists, fringe legal figures, which I assume is like these weird right-wing conspiracists, like, I don't know, Alex Jones, who draw on far-right sovereign citizen dogma and tactics like I'm a sovereign citizen, I can't be arrested kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so all of this is going on, and of course, you know, our president is retweeting a lot of these tweets. Yeah. So, and because of that, that's inspired other QAnon believers to commit crimes, including kidnapping. So this is sort of escalated. Apparently there was a guy that thought all of this was true and he went and held the fucking Hoover Dam hostage a couple weeks ago. What? Yeah, I didn't dive into that one. I was just like, okay, that's too much. He went and held the Hoover Dam hostage. How do you even do that? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I guess bonus points for crazy. (laughs) Yeesh. Okay. So... They've all sort of positioned themselves as defenders of children against this fucking cabal. And here's another thing. They're not shipping children in in chests 
from Wayfair. You don't get a surprise kid when you open your $10,000 armoire from Wayfair. That's not happening. It's not happening. Wayfair, maybe, maybe sending furniture to places we don't like, like for-profit prisons and other places, but they're not sending it there to fill the chests with children and send them off to a pedophile ring. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. And everyone needs to step the fuck up and just realize it's not a thing. Well, and then also, um, if you look at, like, child sex abuse cases. Oh, there's the dogs again. Let's see if they stop. Hi, doggy. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to just say it's good luck every time Dottie barks on air. Um, yeah, if you look at these child sex abuse cases, it's almost always someone who is a family member or a close family friend. It is very uncommon for a kid to be kidnapped and for this to happen. I mean, like... It, it happens, but it is, you're right. It's very, very rare. Yeah, it's, like, very statistically unlikely. And in those situations, when it does happen like that, it's usually kids who are high risk for, like, a number of reasons. You know, it's not the, like, white, middle-class, suburban family. Nope. You know. I, was, I, I would also like to add that, um, the chances of the, the offender being high up in the Democratic Party are not great. Mm-hmm. Now, I know in, now, look, I know in the past we've had our problems with the church and all kinds of other places where there's been a conspiracy to sexually abuse children. Uh, We know that Jeffrey Epstein and his group of people conspired to Mm -hmm. sexually abuse young women. We know it's out there. We all know it's out there. Yeah. But I mean, even look at like the women, the the girls who were being put into sex slavery by Jeffrey Epstein. It's, it's like, Girls who are separated from their families for work. They were trying, like, I think some of them were trying to be, like, models or actresses. And then also some of them, I believe, were foreign. They were, like, international who'd come to the United States, again, to pursue, um, like, acting or modeling. Yeah. And so people who don't Broken homes, broken homes, low income, right? Yeah, but it's, like, generally it's people who... um, are vulnerable to um, conditioning by the abuser. Yeah, you know? grooming and conditioning. Yeah. The Child Protective Services is not going to take your kid and then ship it off. Yeah. And, so. yeah, as also, all of these people are Democrats. Not a single one of them could be a Republican. It's just so bizarre. I mean... It's actually really upsetting, I think, that QAnon has taken an issue that, frankly, our country should be taking much more seriously. You know, well, the F- yeah, the FBI came out recently and called them a potential source of domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. And then we had, um, do you remember Pizzagate? 
Yeah. A few years ago, where um, QAnon had said that Hillary Clinton was keeping these kids in the basement of a pizza parlor slash music venue, and this guy actually went and, I think, How either the- shot up the place or threatened to, looking right. for these kids that don't exist. Yeah, he went there thinking it was like, not to make light of it, but it was like Pee Wee going to the Alamo looking for the basement. There's no basement. There's no children. There's no. He went there armed to the teeth thinking he was going to save these children. There's no basement and there's no children. Yeah. So this Timothy Holmes, yeah. So this Timothy Holmesmith, the one I mentioned earlier, the one that the Pentagon pedophile task force guy, mm-hmm. he's actually he's actually on the run from the authorities right now. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Uh he's out for financial fraud charges. Uh and violating a restraining order. Not specific, not sure about what that is, but right. So that's the yikes. He drives a car with the big old Q written on the windows. Um and he continues to make slanderous videos. And shot in his car. and But he's, like, going around to these places that have free Wi-Fi and making these claims, urging his fans to shoot Child Protective Services staffers who come into their homes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, the yeah. Like, this is, like, I'm, I'm you know, I make fun of it a little bit, but it's also very serious. Mm-hmm. This is very serious. Um, and it's like, don't get me wrong, like, CPS definitely sometimes goes through and kind of fucks things up. Um, oh, they've, they've, but look, like, they're not perfect. They fuck everything up most of the time, but they're not going to put your child, they're not going to traffic your child. They're not yeah. going to do it. <laughs> oh, oh, there was this other claim that Holmesmith put out that, um, Tens of thousands of abused, quote, mole children had been rescued from an underground prison underneath New York City. Sure. <laughs> no, literally, that's that's the claim. I would also, uh, as New Yorkers, Joanna and I would all like to tell you that there's no tens of thousands of mole children that have been arrested, that have been saved from the underground of New York City. It's not to say that there aren't homeless children living in New York City. Uh, they're not. But 10,000 living in the subways is probably a bit much. That's a touch much. Most of them are grown men. Oh, my God. Do these people exist in the world? Like They, they exist in the world. And, and I would also like to tell people that... Um, a couple, uh, several QAnon believers have won several Republican congressional nominations in this election cycle, most notably Marjorie Taylor Greene, who will most likely win a House seat in the conservative Georgia district that she was won the primary in. She won a primary. Uh, yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, did you also see that um, Adam Kissinger is a Republican congressman 
uh, let me see where he's from. He's from Illinois, and uh, he was outright just like, the Republican Party needs to denounce QAnon. Well, he's like one in one. Like I know. Let me see. <laughs> I mean, there's, Let me see. you know, he the... Says, the, the he says, quote, if you know someone who buys into these theories, don't hate them. So to have a special conversation um, that are rooted in reality. Oh, I clearly haven't screened this article beforehand because that's not a very good quote. He says, um, oh, believes that this, people who believe in this conspiracy stuff should, quote, do some independent research. This is so wishy-washy. The new Q stuff reads like a tarot card reader who gives you something so vague that will absolutely fit into something that happens in the next months. Yeah. Let me see. I'm trying to figure out more from I'm trying to find more quotes from his statements. I don't think you're going to find anything stronger than that from anybody yeah. in the Republican Party currently sitting in the House or Senate. Oh, he tries uh, to pay off his views up until this point. I think up to maybe about a week ago, there wasn't a reason to denounce it because it didn't need the attention, which is clearly not true because it got to where it is. No, it's it's lunacy. It's absolute lunacy. You know, but uh, well, I don't know what we can expect from a House of Representatives and the Republican Party who are touting Russian operative lines of propaganda to the United States. So, yeah, Homeland Security, the CIA, everybody has told them that that is some Russian propaganda you're spouting, but they keep on fucking saying it because the president keeps on saying it, and they all think it's going to get them elected. Uh, Oh, my God. This is crazy. What? Um, So uh, I'm reading the article that I'm reading this from is from CNN Business, which I know some people don't like CNN, so I'm just quoting the things that he directly told the reporter Mm -hmm. and actually a lot of this is coming from Kissinger he made a YouTube video about QAnon quote Kissinger also reacted to a tweet from the Trump campaign official Matt Wolkin who called him out for announcing QAnon and not conspiracy theories pushed by Democrats that's from Henry Kissinger Kissinger is the 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 Henry Adam, Kissinger? No. Adam Kissinger is okay. a Republican congressman who said that QAnon is bunk. Okay. Um, the, one of the people in charge of the Trump presidential campaign uh, said um, that Kissinger is a hypocrite for um, not speaking out against conspiracy theories pushed by Democrats. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you... First of all, I'm glad it's not Henry Kissinger because I, I did, I'm like, is that guy still alive? <laughs> also, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are. Uh, no one's apparently we've lost every. This is what I said earlier. Everybody's lost their damn mind. Everybody has. No one's doing critical thinking anymore. They all like. You know your president isn't going to win the election unless he sabotages the mail, which is the the biggest thing that has me fucking stressed out this week. The mail. Um, yeah. Oh, I actually have some somewhat comforting news, at least in New York, for this whole mail thing. Mm-hmm. 
which is, I didn't know this until today, but New York has early voting. Yeah, they started that, uh, they started that last primary. Oh, okay, that's probably why I didn't know about it, because, oh, no, it was last year? The, yeah, it was 2018. Oh, wow. But well, they I also, didn't... yeah, it was, it was, it was there, but they didn't tout it as much because we weren't in pandemic mode, whereas this time they opened it up like a month in advance. I mean, I just, I didn't know that. I know that Texas does early voting, um, but early voting during the pandemic will be safer than voting the day of. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to share with all of our New York listeners. Uh, I, I, also, I didn't realize that. I thought that for sure someone would have, like, said something or, like, um, Daily News would write an article being like, hey, early voting starts today. But I guess not. Mm, yeah. Also, um, get your get your absentee ballot. Get your ballot sent to you. And then go and drop it off somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'll, you know, next week I'll we can put up, like, where we can have it dropped off but you don't have to go if you can't go to the voting like just apply for it online i'll I'll get the address for you get it mailed to you fill it out and go drop it off so you don't have to worry about the mail itself Mm -hmm. and then let's say you're out of state like me Mm -hmm. um if you go to the post office and you don't put it in the box hand it to the person and say, I would like this to be stamped in front of me, they'll do it in front of you. Yeah. Because that's one of the main issues, um, at least during the primaries, was a bunch of ballots weren't sorted correctly, and so they weren't stamped. Because if you have one of those postage stamps, um, if you're in a prepaid envelope, a lot of times they won't do it. You should also know that your ballot may require two stamps so just stick extra post-it on there if you can yeah. uh yeah um so, yeah so that's yeah yeah i don't yeah i'm very stressed out so do you want you have something you want to talk about because i've got um two uh, more positive note things all right well i'm going to talk about the bad new days How's that sound? Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, I've tapped out on my free articles for the Daily News. So I just went through the New York Post and read all of their very entertaining and silly coverage of things. Yeah. Slightly, um, slightly rightly slanted. <laughs> anyway, uh, so apparently bulletproof vest sales have spiked in New York City this mm. past month. And God bless this reporter. Um, they spoke to um, a Midtown dealer named Brad Peddle, who runs 221B Tactical, I guess some tactical store, who says that body armor sales are up 80% compared to this time last year. Okay. So are ATM thefts, but whatever. <laughs> I actually have something on that, too. <laughs> And um, let me see, due to the, quote, unrest in the city and nationwide, he says that most of the buyers are from the Bronx and Brooklyn, where he claims that shootings have skyrocketed. Uh, Let me see. He's like, oh, neighborhoods are getting dangerous. 
And um, he said that perhaps fairly people were worried about being at the wrong place at the wrong time, especially um, given the amount of conflict between the police and people that they're trying to arrest. Uh, and then <laughs> it was like immediately after that on the page was an article about the number of people who are leaving New York City right. and that moving companies are actually saying that they are just completely overwhelmed with calls of people um, leaving New York City. And um, some of the movers they were talking to said that they expected some of it from COVID. But even though COVID is starting to get better, um, you have New Yorkers who are getting worried about shootings and violence, homelessness. Um, they're upset about, like, schools, etc. And uh, they said that this is the busiest summer ever for one of the companies that they talked to. And one of the people who worked there said, for the last three months, we couldn't keep up with demand. Um, let me see. People are pl blaming the crime wave, of course. Number of shootings per day has doubled since last year. Mm -hmm. um, but then also uh, going back to homelessness, um, I feel like a few weeks ago there was an article about uh, that promenade over by Times Square was basically turned into like almost an outdoor shooting gallery where you have a whole bunch of people on those um, little like tables yeah. shooting up heroin. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's, like, this, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, yep. And then, let me see, my final uh, crime spree, um, New York is terrible, was, was that um, apparently ATM theft is up. It is. It is. Uh, there was um, actually an ATM that was ripped out of a Lower East Side, or I guess an East Village deli, um, I believe last week. And um, it's a crime the bodega industry says is on the rise in the city. And I actually did feel kind of bad for the owner of this particular deli. It's Yankee Deli and Grocery on Avenue C and East 11th Street. Mm -hmm. So go over there and buy a bag of chips to support them. Um, the owner said, we get robbed, we get killed, we are assaulted, but this is a new thing. Um, it's, it's actually nationwide. There's like a whole rash of people going around stealing. You know, it's like, you get, the thing is, though, it's like a, an unknown um, number of dollars in the ATM, right? Like, it's not going to tell you it's empty until it's completely dry. So what if you did that for like 40 bucks? Well, and also, ATMs, I think, are emptied fairly regularly. I don't so, I don't know what the status is on the ones in the bodegas. I know that my bodega, like, when the hurricane was coming, that shit was out of money. Yeah. So. I don't think that they have, I, I don't think that they have too much in it, because they're all, like, 10s and 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So and it might be you like can only take dollars, but it's not going to be like it might not be worth your trouble. Right. Well, the and ones in the ATM open, like they're literally just stealing the machine. I know. Well, you all, yeah, 
so and with the bodega ones let's be clear you can only take out like two hundred dollars at a time it's not like when you go to chase where you can get five hundred dollars out at a time right and then and the ones that in, in the chase festivals have a lot more cash these are that's what i'm saying like there's the we there's the we don't know the variable is we don't know how much money is in the machine what if there's only a ten dollar bill in there Mm-hmm. that'd be really funny be hysterical uh yeah coen brothers movie It'd be delightful <laughs> Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, Fernando Mateo of the United Bodegas of America uh, said, quote, we have never witnessed anything like this before. It's like out of a movie script. They must have seen this on TV. Mm -hmm. And he said that what most of these people are doing is that they um, rip off um, the security gates, which I'm not even quite sure what part of the bodega, what part of the ATM they're referring to there must be like bolted in to something and then they're using that rope to like drag the atm out of the store in my experience living in the east village years ago the gate has like a tiny cutout for you to use the atm and get your cash in it's like this yeah it's got like you know three bars that's on the street it's on the street outside of the bodega and the bars have been specifically fixed so where like you can use the atm and get your little cash out of the thing but the rest of the machine is behind the the drop down uh cage that Mm. protects the store when it's closed right i see i see yeah yeah but it's just like, did you ever watch that Breaking Bad episode where that guy steals an ATM machine and they're trying to get it open for, like, the entire episode? No, I didn't really watch a lot of Breaking Bad. It was just, it's like these two, like, bonehead meth addicts steal an ATM. And then one of the main characters, Jesse, goes over there to collect some, like, debt that they owed him or something. And... So the guy who stole the ATM is pointing a gun at him. <clears throat> he's like, well, I can't let you. He's like, I'll pay you once we get the ATM open. And Jesse's like, can I just leave now? And they're like, no, sit down. Right. So he's <laughs> watching them. I and mean, the entire episode is them trying to figure out different ways to open it. Let's throw a rock at it. Let's uh, drag it down. Let's drag it down the FDR. Yeah. They tried to shoot it and the bullet got like stuck in it. It's pretty entertaining. Of course, the episode ends tragically because it's Breaking Bad. But it's Breaking Bad. Yeah, um, I couldn't watch. I watched the acid bath episode and like season for season one, like episode three. And I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm good with this. Oh, it was really funny. I watched that episode with my dad and my dad was like, lol, you can't use that in ceramic. And I'm like, thanks. I'm well, glad you took a geology class. It's used to polish rocks. All right. But anyway. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I have some good news. I have some yeah, good go news. It. Today, today, a federal grand jury has indicted two men in the long unsolved shooting of Jam Master J in 2002. Mm-hmm. 
I'm very excited about this. The Eastern District of New York U.S. attorney unsealed a criminal indictment alleging that Carl Jordan Jr. and Ronald Washington conspired to kill Jam Master Jay in retaliation over a drug dispute. Now, I don't know. People are very happy about that, but um, it is what it is. So, apparently in July 2002, Mr. J acquired 10 kilos of Coke, which was intended to be distributed by Washington and Jordan and others. Like, that's a ton. That's, yeah, so that's 10 kilos. That's a lot of blow. It's a lot. Uh, um, there was a dispute between Washington and a co-conspirator, not clear on who that is, that led uh, Jam Master Jay to tell Washington he could be cut out of the transaction. Um, now, it wasn't clear on other things, but here's what happens. Carl Jordan Jr. is identified as the trigger man. Um, he would have been around 18 at the time he shot Jam Master Jay execution style in the head at Jay's studio in Holland. Ho- Ho- Hollis. Sorry. I watched the thing on this last night. I couldn't fucking believe this happened today. Um, well, suspect Ronald Washington, he's was a violent robber who had just finished up a 17 year prison term. And they think that he was the main uh connection but the young guy carl jordan was the shooter mm-hmm. um uh it took suspects several months to find okay so once this whole shit went down and everybody was unhappy it took them several months to figure out when they were going to kill him and this was the day before halloween in 2002 at approximately 7 30 they they buzzed the studio and someone let them in because someone knew who they were, but it wasn't Jay who buzzed them in. Um, Washington points his firearm and shoots another individual on the couch next to Jay in the studio and then kills Jay point blank in the head. Mm-hmm. And then they flee down the back fire escape. So, um, from the documentary I watched last night, uh, yeah, the documentary I watched last night, they flee down the back of the fire escape. Somebody in the studio runs to the precinct, 103rd, which is like three blocks away, says what happens. That's when everybody shows up. All the witnesses go underground and shut their lips. Yeah. For years. And it sounds like to me someone finally cracked and was like, you know, this shit ain't right. I got to do something. Um, the Jordan pled not guilty at his arraignment this afternoon. Washington is set to be arraigned later next week. Wow. Mhm. Sometimes these cases do get solved. They do get solved. Uh. There's been, there was a huge documentary that came out in 2018 about who killed Jam. Marsha mm-hmm. Clark, who kind of bugs me a little bit, but she did a really good up, uh, hour and a half episode on the first 48, interviewed a lot of Jam's friends, and 
and a lot of people that could have been involved. She called a couple of witnesses that didn't want to speak on record. And I think just the pressure of all of these people made some people finally say, okay, because Jam Master J, dude, he is an icon. He came out of Hollis. He lived in Hollis. He had his studio in Hollis. He was there to support the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and people were like, that's what killed him. Like, no, apparently that's not what killed him. He was running low on funds because he was really generous with his money and he needed to resort to middleman it was let's call it middleman dealing because he wasn't dealing on the street he was running middleman deals mm-hmm. which is unfortunate and i think that's why a lot of people didn't want to bring it to the forefront in the first place because he was uh jason mizell slash jam master j was very kind and uh giving and wanted to support people uh you know, with his talent, with his money, with his time, with all of his resources. And I think people were worried that it was going to give him a bad image. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what took it so long. Well, if you haven't listened to Run DMC, I strongly recommend. I like them. I grew, I bought their first fucking record, girl. That's my age. I'm that old. Yes. <laughs> um, one quick other thing, I want to wish a very happy fucking birthday to Mae West, who was born in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, on this day in 1893. Happy birthday. She was arrested for her starring role on a play that she wrote, directed, and produced called Sex in 1926. And instead of jumping bail like she could have, she stayed in jail with her people and decided that it, also that it was better publicity. Um, and then she was charged on morals charges. Thank you, fucking Anthony Comstock and his Society for Suppression of Vice back in the day. She was sentenced to 10 days for corrupting the morals of youth. Though she only served eight. Um, while she was incarcerated in Roosevelt Island, she dined with the warden and his wife in her silk pajamas. And uh, she was released eight days uh, later for good behavior. She is a longtime supporter of gay rights. She's a longtime supporter of uh, black and uh, other minorities, equal rights. She insisted on working with Duke Ellington. And um, just she brought me, and when I saw that today, she brought me great joy because she is the fullest of everything that I currently need in my life. And I think a lot of people need in their life right now. So kudos. And cheers to Mae West. Yeah, and I was looking at, she's um, born in 19, 1893 and died in 1980. Yes. If you don't know who she is, look her up. Mm. Uh, I love her. I love her old black and white movies. If you need to look at something a little more modern, she did um, Myra Breckenridge in the 70s with Raquel Welsh. She had a brief role there. She, her career basically was taken down by censorship, not during the, um, you know, 50s sort of blacklist era, but is because she was just so risque. And by the time she hit the talkies, she was a little curvaceous and a little too old for people to think that she was sexy. But she um, had every confidence of everything. And, um, you know, I also, um, my friends and I used to joke that my old cat, Schnitty, 
was like Mae West because she always gave us these weird looks. And my friend would say, I've been in more laps than a napkin. So there it is. Apparently, she used to wear these, um, quote, trick platform shoes um, in films to make Mm -hmm. it look taller. And so the bottom part of the shoe just looks like a normal shoe. And then it almost looks like there's this nude-looking bubble. Well, I I shouldn't say nude beige. And uh, so it's like a shoe on top of a shoe. Yeah. Which I think is so funny because platform shoes these days are just shoes with tall soles. I know. Right. Anyway. She's a a hero of mine. She's a baller. She's a lady. She's a baller. And she took on everything that we've, as women, have always taken on. But she also took on uh, racism and LGBTQ and um, and the First Amendment. And she's one of my personal heroes. And if you find yourself sitting around during the pandemic, find Mae West watch her old movies it's she's just a fucking delight she sounds badass she's a badass she's an absolute badass this is great i'm gonna have to read about her because i didn't know who she was (laughs) i had a wikipedia her while you were talking um Mm -hmm. but no i mean what an exciting life this is cool yeah you know, I mean, she's she, like 10 of her famous quotes that were in like the Oxford quotation dictionary. You know, <laughs> she's she's um, she was a force to be reckoned with. And oh, my God. This says that she did a stage performance as Catherine the Great on Broadway. Uh, and she wrote it herself as kind of a spoof. Yeah. You know, on Catherine the Great. Um, where she surrounded herself with imp- an imperial guard of tall, muscular young men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. May was, May was, she's, you know. What was it? She said, men come to see me, but I also give the women something to see. Wall-to-wall men. <laughs> wall-to-wall men. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. Okay. She's my new icon. <laughs> She is, she's the new Crown Talk BK icon. Like, put, a picture, put a picture of her up on our platform. Like she's, she's such a badass and uh, I've, I've always loved her. And I was so gloomy today when I went into the news to look for shit. And I saw this today and I'm putting her birthday on my calendar for the rest of my life. <laughs> because, because I've always loved her. I just had no idea that she was an August baby. So there it is. Well, thank you for bringing that little spark of joy to an otherwise admittedly unpleasant past couple weeks. Maybe we should talk about Anthony Comstock Society for the Suppression of Vice one of these days. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one. Do you want to do that next week? Yeah, we can do that. It'll, we can take up the whole hour and how ridiculous the whole thing was. For sure. Okay. That's what we're talking about next week, people. Anthony Comstock and his Society for the Suppression of Vice. It goes into, like, abortion and women's rights and all kinds of things. So And also, totally weirdly, like, medical textbooks. He was a weirdo. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think that's all for this episode of Crime Talk BK. Thank you so much, and join us next week. We are on air every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon. Bye.